Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today, we have Maggie Mayfield with us. She is an Austin, Texas-based musical parody comedian who has been featured at the Snow Comedy Festival, Ventura Comedy Festival, Plano Comedy Festival, and a U.S. comedy competition finalist. She's the co-creator of the Two Girls, One Truck comedy tour, helping bring supplies and need to victims of natural disasters, and the creator of the nationally franchised The Challenge Mike Show. She has hosted Craig Robinson and David Keckner and performed as a headliner in clubs all over the country, including Slapsticks Comedy Club, The Drop Comedy Club, and The Comedy Arena. Her weekly podcast, Slide Into Your DMs, explores the world of sex, love, and dating in this digital age. Her debut special, Social Media is Fake, directed by Michael Malone, debuted fall 2023, while her musical album, Wake Up Maggie, is available now wherever you stream music. Oh my gosh. So you have a lot going on. I'd love for us to just dive in and talk about your musical album. That is so cool. Thank you. When you say all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it's all true, but it feels weird to hear someone else say it. Well, hey, this is awesome. I love all the cool projects. We have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you feel like this is like a creator or someone who like produces content, but you're like, it's never enough. I never do enough. And to hear it back, it's like, oh yeah, it's important to turn around and look behind you sometimes. Like, look at all the things that you did. Look at all that. It it, like, it it just, that's mind blowing. Thank you. What are you most proud of so far? You know, before we dive into the thing that just came out, I love that you brought that up that sometimes as creators, you know, anyone else tuning in, that's like, I'm on that creation train. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can get so focused on the next thing and the next thing where maybe even what can resonate a lot with people even could be something from the archives that you pull out and, you know, showcase again. So can you tell us about something that stands out to you? as being maybe an earlier project that you really loved and and why? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you're asking that. My very first original comedy song is called The Naughty Christmas Song. And what's fun is that it's getting sucked into the algorithm again. So it's, it's blowing up. It's gotten like 70,000 views in the last couple of days on YouTube. Um, and... I love this project so much because it's the first one, which is wild, but it's a Christmas song. And two, like I just started a new business making music videos. And so I love using this as an example with artists who aren't sure or how to start making music videos. Um, The importance of just making it, just making content because I've done so many since then. And what's great is because that one's going viral. It's like now people get to get a deeper dive into like what else I'm doing, which is cool. So like that comedy special that came out, there's a couple more music videos that I've been, I'm so proud of that are better than that first one, but 
it just takes one, you know, it's, it just takes it's one. It reminds me of like the Mariah Carey effect, just like, you know, iconic Christmas song, like pull it out every year. I love that it's like making the rounds and shedding light on your current projects even more. And now you even have a business helping people create their own music videos. And actually people don't really know this, but I created a music video 11 years ago called We Found Dove. It was a musical parody of Rihanna's We Found Love. And I was like in love with the bar of soap. So that's like the most viral I've ever gone so far with 36,000 views. <laughs> that's incredible. Thank that's amazing. You. Yeah. yeah but, but I love that, you know, hopping on the holiday train and being able to resurface whenever the holiday comes, there's a genius to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I'm curious about just like, so what what's yeah. your project that's like getting boosted up from this sort of resurgence from your music video? Um, well, there's the, the last music video that I did is called I'll call Bob. It's another comedy song about Bob, which stands for battery operated boyfriend. And so it's very, (laughs) very funny. There's a lot of like Taylor Swift pieces (laughs) that I've taken out, like from her videos that I was like, Oh, I want to incorporate this into mine. And, um, yeah, it's just very, very funny. And the audience reaction is always so great every time I do it live. And then I talk about the making of the So it's great that like the Christmas song is now highlighting this project that I've spent so much money and time and energy on. And I'm so proud of it. And it's nice to see it like building at the same time. But I use that music video as a teaser for my comedy special, which is about 35 minutes long. And so it's asking a lot of my audience to like sit for 35 minutes and watch the whole thing. But it is that's also kicking up some some really fun views as well so yeah it just takes one and um, how do you get these creative ideas you know like i feel like there's with comedy and especially with your podcast you know i love the title slide into your dms there's like a genius in that you know like i know exactly what that's about uh so i'm curious about like just how you get these ideas and then how you go from the idea to actually creating it because i think so many people maybe they are super creative and they get these ideas, but then it just kind of sits there, you know? Mm-hmm. How do I go from idea to actually doing it? And, and how do you actually get the ideas? Like what inspires you? Um, the ideas come a lot of times just from real life. Like the Christmas song I wrote because I was working at a Christmas station and I was very nervous about it because they flipped to Christmas right after Halloween. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be oh, this is gonna be long holiday season. And I wound up loving it, just absolutely falling in love again with Christmas and the holiday spirit. And so that's where that came from. Um, I'll call Bob came from a long year of very terrible first dates and terrible first time experiences. And so I just was like talking about this with a friend of mine, uh, at the comedy club. And he was like, Oh my God, you should write a song. The next day in the shower, I had to get out early because if I didn't write these ideas down, I was going to lose them. So it's all just inspired from like real life stuff. Slide into your DMs came about because my podcast partner, Brian, slid into my DMs and said some of the most wildly inappropriate stuff. And we laughed and laughed and laughed about it. And I was like, yeah, this is the show. And he was like, yeah, you're right. It is. Let's do it. So, yeah. So that's that's how you met your podcast host in your DMs? Well, we didn't meet there. I had known (laughs) him before, but he had gotten very brazen, let's say, and 
decided to send some inappropriate. And I, it just made me laugh so hard that we developed quite the friendship since then. And the podcast has been running a year now, which is crazy. Wow. And are you doing every week or what's your cadence? Yeah, every week. We did take um, some time off this summer because we were transitioning and now we get to record at the Creek in the Cave Studios, which is so cool. It's a the first club that opened up during COVID here in Austin, Texas. And so I just, it feels so blessed and lucky to be able to work with Brian um, McDuffie and then our producer, Brandon Lejean, um, all with the support of the club, which is and what is the club called for those in Austin? The Creek in the Cave. The Creek, Creek in the Cave. cave. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I'm seeing such a theme in the work that you create. So, you know, social media is fake. So can you yeah. tell us a bit about that? Because that just came out. So that is kind of like your most recent brain baby, so to speak. So I'm curious, you know, a lot of this has to do with like social media, DMs. And yeah, like how how did that come about? And can you let us know, like, what do you mean by that? Social media is fake. It is fake. Well, social media is fake is a song that I wrote um, about an ex-boyfriend that (laughs) it's not about him, but uh, this feeling that I had this anger that I had when we were together, that his social media was so much more important than us, our relationship and like what was happening. And it was, I think my first real experience with narcissism and, and navigating that. Um, And so it was my way to kind of like make fun of this idea. Like we put so much, I was turning my pain into hopefully making it so that people realize like we need to stop comparing our front stage, which is Instagram with our backstage, right? Because like everything I post online, yeah, it looks great, but it's a tool to help me promote this work that I'm doing. But backstage, like I have terrible days. There are days where I'm crying. There are days where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days where today I was like, oh. I have so much work to do, but like exhausted. So I took a longer, I took a longer run today. You know, it's like, I don't want to do anything. Um, and it's, it's, it was that mess. So it was my pain turning it into like a, how can we connect? You know? Cause I think everyone feel, I think everyone feels that anyone that's been online ever in any capacity is like, wow, everyone's so cool. I'm not that cool. You are that cool. You are. They just, know how to do lighting and angles and how often to post. And yeah, that's it. So uh, I just found a theme in all of my jokes and songs that I wrote and it turned into this musical comedy special called Social Media is Fake. So I'm really proud of it. Really, really proud of it. So is this on YouTube or where can people find that? Yeah, that's on YouTube and on Amazon Prime. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, especially with I know, you know, Bo Burnham and and other comedians in your space are creating more content about content. (laughs) And it's like, hey, let's just take a step back and realize the filters, the airbrushing, the Photoshop, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're comparing yourself to a model, you might want to, you know, not do that or take a step back. Be like, hold on, what's going on here? And so I I think it's great that you're seeking to transmute your pain, you know, being Mm -hmm. in a relationship where someone wasn't present and they were more present with social media. So actually, can you speak more about that? And when it comes to presence versus mm-hmm. being sucked into social, because, you know, as, as a comedian, who's very public, like you have a social media presence. So how do you balance that? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I really have to tell myself like, um, in the morning you get to look at the time and then that's it. And then I keep, I keep it on do not disturb until I've gone through like journaling and yoga, the workout, hanging out with the dog, getting ready for the day. And then you're allowed to turn it on. And sometimes that's an hour and sometimes that's three. And I, I just, I think that time is important where I'm not looking at reels <laughs> and I'm not responding to emails and I'm not worried about whatever. <laughs> like it's, I, I need that time. That's very important because yeah, I am on all day. You know what I mean? Like I am text messaging my friends or like doing, doing actual work. You know, I'm running this new business and it's all Instagram engagement. That's it. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really cool as well to have a business focused on social media, but to also call it out and be like, Hey, it's not real. It's for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I mean, that's at the core. And I'm so curious, you know, before you were a comedian or maybe you were always a comedian, I don't know. Like, can you tell us about your trajectory to like claiming that title and, and really just kind of going all in with it? Yeah. Um, my first career was in radio broadcasting. So I did that for almost 15 years and kind of in the middle of that, like it moved me around the country a lot. And I figured out very quickly, like there were, there, there were two, two rules really. Like the first rule was like, don't ever get on the microphone on the radio without having a purpose or reason to say something. And if I didn't have a reason to say something, it was either to make you laugh or inform you of something. And most of the time it was like, I'm going to make you laugh. Um, and then two, if I wanted to not be lonely in a city, finding friends was easier if you were funny. So I joined a lot of improv groups and wound up in Champaign, Illinois, joining my favorite group ever and uh, wound up helping the local comedy community put on a festival. And I was angry at that time because three female stand-up comedians came through. There were a bunch of women doing improv, but they weren't doing stand-up. And I was like, well, I guess I have to do this now. <laughs> and so I just signed up for a mic. I didn't really tell anybody. There were a couple of friends there that knew, but yeah, after a couple of months, they were like, oh, you do this? Like, yeah, <laughs> this, this is comedy now. And then I was running shows and moved to LA and yeah, just, I did a thing. Ooh, that's awesome. How it's like one <laughs> thing leads to another thing pretty seamlessly. And yeah. I'm curious also, you mentioned moving to LA. So I'm curious if you could share about what that move to like being in like Hollywood, Los Angeles, whatever part of LA you were in, and then what the move was like and what, what catapulted the move, um, you know, to come here or what it's been like. Yeah. Well, um, I finished high school in California and my sister and brother-in-law were starting to have kids. And so it was really important for me to be there, but also like to be in LA, like, yeah, let's make this dream come true. I've always wanted to be an actor always, always. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, let's just go out there and we'll do some stand-up comedy. We'll get your feet wet. And I, I got a job in radio almost immediately. I was very, very lucky and very blessed. And, uh, a couple Maybe a year, a year and a half after moving there, my sister and brother-in-law got some opportunities out here in Austin, Texas. And I was like, I just got here. Mm -hmm. I just got here. And I had this like dream job working in LA. Like I was running a couple of comedy shows. I was killing it. Um, I got myself an agent. So I was doing all the right things. 
I wound up meeting somebody. And so we wound up being together. The pandemic happened, the lockdowns happened. And, um, and my first EP is called pandemic girl, which is where I started figuring out how to mix and master music, how to create my own art. I made my, uh, my own music video in that time that wasn't just lyrics. And, uh, I really did a deep dive into like my core and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was with that person who was not healthy for me and I got out and there was nowhere else to go, but Austin, Texas, cause my family is here. And so, um, I got very lucky again that Austin seems to be this incredible boom of stand-up comedy. So I was like, Oh, cool. That I get to be with my nieces and my family and also do this other crazy thing that I love. I've just been so lucky and all these choices that I've made, right place, right time. Like that's, that's well, it. And what do you think has, what would you credit for making the right choices? You know, in the moment, did you know that it just felt right? Or you look back and you're like, oh, that's cool. That worked out that way. Do you think it's intuition? Do you think it's serendipity, luck? Uh, do you think it's some good karma? Like what, what do you credit for that? I think it could be a little bit of all those things. You know, I just think when you... And this is true in every aspect of your life, but like when you start trusting your gut and just realizing like you can handle whatever the consequences are, good or bad, like you just start following that more and more. And so like, yeah. And I I think that's true in relationships too, when you just start trusting your gut about like how people are treating you, which is something that I'm still figuring out and learning how to do, you know, in a long-term healthy, intimate relationships, still trying to figure out what that looks like, but professionally and creatively, like I don't struggle with that. I just have decades of experience, like trusting it. I've gotten myself in trouble for sure, but there's a lot more success that has happened. And I just, I live my life by the motto of always ask for forgiveness and not permission. Have you been canceled before? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Girl, yeah. same. So it happens when you put yourself out there. So I'm curious about if anyone is listening to this and they're like, and you know, maybe you're kind of quirky and some people get it, some people don't. How, what do you credit for helping you bounce back from being canceled? Because I know for some people it happens time and time again. For some people it happens once. Some people don't recover. It sounds like you certainly have. You're back at it. But yeah, can, can you speak to that piece? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, a couple couple of things. Yeah. So a couple of things like, you know, you're not, you're not immune to the negative things that people say online and YouTube, they are the meanest. They're so mean on YouTube. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should stop putting out content. And my mom said to me very early because I did want to be an actor. And she was like, listen, I I think she knew. And she said to me, she's like, people are, are not going to like you for whatever reason. But as long as you remember that the circle that you have around you, as long as they know who you are and what you're about, that's all that should matter. And what everybody else says out there is just noise. So just keep that salt, that circle small and close and tight. And she's right. And social media is fake. The entire um, special, the, the musical comedy special was born out of a time last year in 2022 when I was 
the most depressed I'd ever been. I Something happens called post-tour depression. So I was gone for the entire month of July. I got back, you're on the road and you're living your dreams and like you're meeting your fans and then you're doing laundry at home. It's a weird come down. I also was dating this guy that I was so, I, I definitely think I could have been in love with him. We weren't together that long to get there, but I really liked him and we broke up. And then a friend of mine, a colleague of mine um, from college of like 12 years, started cyberbullying me and trying to get me canceled online. And so August of 2022, I was not sure I was going to make it to my birthday in September. I really didn't think I, I just, I didn't see how that was possible and having those few people. And honestly, a therapist that was like, listen, your brain is just imbalanced. Give it time. It'll, it'll regulate. It'll come back and just staying patient and staying inside and like, off of social media as much as possible. I wound up going to Edinburgh Fringe Festival um, late in August and consuming that much art was so humbling and inspiring. And I was like, oh yeah, it's time to make a special. And so I knew it was going to be called Social Media is Fake. And then from there, it just gave me a focus and a reason to keep going. And so got in touch with Michael Malone and he was excited about the project. And I'm just, I'm so blessed. He was so great in helping me like tone it down and, and really flesh out some parts of that. And yeah, I took the scariest time of my life and turned it into social media is fake. So. And I love, there are so many things here that I'd like to highlight where it's kind of being in that dark place of uncertainty and being like, can I get out of this? Like, will I get out of this? And really having those serious contemplations and, and then having that support system, I think is so key. I, I know that there are some people that are, you know, public people who maybe can work on boundaries, can work on actually having close relationships instead of being like the popular person for now, right. That has many friends. It's so important to actually know who has your back, who's yeah. going to be there through thick and thin, who you can actually trust. Yeah. 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 And to have this idea, you know, you knew the name and then being so inspired by other people's art cross-functionally, it wasn't even another comedian. It's, it's going to this art festival. And so, I mean, any, you know, person who's artistic listening to this now, you don't even need to just consume your flavor of art, just go out there and consume art period. And then, you know, I I'm curious about that creative process of being inspired. And I know it can be hard to articulate sometimes, but you know, can you tell us about a time that you felt most inspired to create, let's say, even like a small portion of social media is fake? Um, a time that I felt inspired to create part of that? Like, like a, maybe a song or maybe a, um, like, so basically illustrating just an instance of how you experienced being inspired and creating action and a, a result, like art from that. Yeah. Um. I met Janine Garofalo while we were in Scotland for this festival. And she was a very good friend of my old podcast partner um, who kind of came up in the David Cross comedy scene in Boston. And I was very fortunate to be able to name drop him because we saw that she was there. Uh, and my friend and I at the time, we we stayed after the show to talk to her. And I said, Janine, I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you for what you did. Like, I loved watching her do stand-up comedy. 
And to name drop that, and you could see her eyes just like light up, like, oh yeah, I remember this time transported back to the nineties when like she was coming up in stand-up comedy. Um, and just to get some insight from a person whom I look up to, who's also still doing this amazing thing and so many other projects as well. Like her, her hands are very full also, but to hear her talk about like aging in art, Mm. um, was so inspiring. And I think she didn't say this. I was at a, at a conference for radio at one point and someone said, if you want to make more content, you want to make people laugh and you can't keep using the same ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can go to the grocery store and if you buy the same five things, you're going to make the same few meals that you've been making. But once you start adding in some different spices or different kinds of vegetables or different whatever, now like your palate is, is bigger and you have more to work with. And I think that's the same idea as this like, yeah, consume other art, try new things, try new stuff all the time because all of that filters through you because the things that you've tried, Stephanie, are different than the things that I've tried, right? So your filter is different than my filter and that's amazing, right? They mm-hmm. said, they, you see it all the time in like these magazine interviews, like, you know, Britney Spears, who's inspired you? And she said, Madonna, Prince, whatever. It's like, yeah. And now this next generation is like, oh, I'm so inspired by Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And it's just these little filter, you know, and it goes back forever. So I think, yeah, yeah. consume. Yeah. Totally. Try new, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. And you know, something else that, that comes to mind is around, let's say that someone listening, maybe they are a comedian, maybe they're the furthest thing from it and they're wondering how they can be more funny. What would you say to them? <laughs> um, know thyself. Because Someone gave me permission on stage a long time ago. If you can't be funny, be interesting. And I've got that nailed, you know, and sometimes it's those interesting stories and you just have to do it and let people help you. (laughs) Some of my favorite punchlines are because other comedians were like, I love what you're doing. What if you said this? And I tried it and it's the funniest thing that's ever come out of my mouth. You know what I mean? They have no investment in this other than they like me and I'm trying and they liked what I'm saying. So, yeah. So it's like, it can be about delivery. It can be about, you know, charisma, whatever, or it's about having like a really interesting story where things kind of go in a weird way and you're just matter of factly telling it. Yeah. And there's humor in that. Yeah. The truth. You can't make it up. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. And I mean, that's so true. Right. I think there is this sort of trope that a lot of comedians like you mentioned earlier, transmute pain into like, hey, an absurdity. Like yeah. there's a fine line between a tragedy and a comedy. I don't know if if you've heard that, but I've heard that a few times. <laughs> and um you know, plus tragedy equals comedy for sure. For sure. Hey. And yeah. I mean, what it what is life but a series of events that could be perceived as unfortunate, you know, but then we get to be resilient mm-hmm. and make transmute it in some way, shape, or form, you know, like creating music, creating uh, jokes, sharing stories. And, you know, I'm curious as we begin to sort of wrap up here, 
how you define ambition? Um, yeah, I think I said it before perseverance. It's like, you have to trust yourself and just keep going, you know, and it doesn't matter how many views or how many likes you get when you start, you have to start somewhere and then do it again and then do it again. And you're opening yourself up to criticism, but that can be the best thing for you to hone your skills and find your audience. Everyone's got an audience. You just have to find them. Yeah. Like being okay, being polarizing and not focusing so much on those people that don't get it. It's like, okay, you don't get it. That's fine. But then it sounds like you've gotten mentorship from, you know, people that are a little further along in their comedy careers. They're like, Hey, try it a little bit like this. And then sometimes it's like those little tweaks that make such a difference. And, you know, so if you define ambition as being, you know, perseverance in a word, what does holistic ambition mean to you? Um, taking care of yourself first always because mm -hmm. nobody else is going to do that for you and you cannot be resilient unless you're healthy in your mind body and your soul for sure yeah yeah putting yourself first um if you don't do that that's how you burn out that's how you don't actually get to where you want to go and you can't help the people or reach the people you want to reach so you know mm -hmm. how can people stay connected with you learn more about you yeah um the easiest way to do that all my social medias are connected to my website, my schedule, uh, everywhere I'm going to be uh, at maggiemayfield.com. Thank you for tuning in to Holistic Ambition. This is Stephanie Thomas saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.